0: this is the year we're gonna change things. Mm -hmm. Build back better, blah, blah, blah. Green economy, blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050, blah, blah, blah.
1: Hello and welcome back to People Politics. I'm Millie and today I'm here with Rebecca.
0: Hi, and in this episode we'll be discussing a recent COP26 conference that took place in Glasgow from the 31st of October to the 12th of November 2021.
1: Many had high expectations for this global forum as many extreme weather events since the last conference has brought climate change to many people's front doorsteps. So what have previous COP conferences achieved? Well, there have actually
0: been some really memorable COPs. For example, COP21, which was in 2015, this was what you would call the birthplace of the Paris Climate Agreement, which was a monumental moment in bringing climate change to the political stage. And the Paris Agreement laid sort of the foundation for many climate agreements. And one of the most important ones being this 1.5 degree temperature limit, um, which, again, in its name, explains what it is, where you're pledging to bring global warming back
1: down to pre-industrial levels. Uh, However, since the Paris Climate Agreement, it's widely agreed that COP since that have been quite disappointing. Um, Such as in 2019, the COP25 conference in Madrid was quite widely considered to be unproductive, with um, it going as far as Antonio Guterres, the UN Secretary General, saying that he was disappointed with the outcome and that leaders had, quote, missed an opportunity to be more ambitious on climate change mitigation, adaptation and finance for poorer countries. Considering the widespread perceived Failure of uh, recent conferences. What were the outcomes of this COP conference?
0: I mean, there were actually quite a few conference um, outcomes. The first one was at a COP conference where there was explicit plans to reduce the use of coal, which is incredibly pollutant, That's responsible for more than forty percent of annual CO two emissions. On top of this, China and the US have actually formed this very quite unexpected climate agreement where they're pledging to work together to meet this 1.5 Celsius degrees global um, warning limit, which was set out in the COP21 in 2015 Paris Agreement. However, there have been suggested that this pledge will not hold, um, will not hold as much as significance as Xi Jinping, which is the president of China, was not actually
1: present at the conf- conference, which can lead to quite a lot of misinterpretations. Yeah. Um, The absence of the Chinese president was actually noticed by a lot of critics. Um, However, a Chinese delegation, um, so a group of um, Chinese diplomats, were sent to represent China Um, However, one country that did not attend at all was Russia. The Russian government um, released a statement um, saying that it it had chosen not to attend due to COVID travel restrictions. Um, And there were other nations affected by COVID restrictions as well. Um, Many Pacific Island nations um, were not able to attend um, because of these restrictions. And this was controversial because these countries are already being affected by climate change and they weren't given the chance to have their voices heard. Um, and it was also noted that they weren't given the opportunity to join um, remotely. Um, bearing all of this in mind, what has the public's response been to this year's conference?
0: Um, so the main source of the public interest with this COP um, conference was the protests that took place throughout the entire conference, not only in Glasgow, um, where the conference was held, but also in many different cities across the globe with many different protesters being angry about the lack of action that's been taken by world leaders regarding stopping the effects of climate change. And also what I do wanna say quickly is, before this and leading up to it, there was a lot of quite hope and expectations, Mm -hmm. not only from the public, but also from leaders, world leaders being like, I think we can, this is the year we're gonna change things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, as, as the conference progressed, the, these sort of broken and open promises, um, if you can call it that, weren't living up to the expectation that they were talking about and therefore a lot of people were very angry, which I personally think yeah. rightly so. Yeah. Um, and Greta Thunberg, who is the Swedish climate activist, was actually present at the protests in Glasgow and she led marches of tens and thousands of protesters. And on top of this, she spoke at the pre-Cop conference, which was in Milan, where she mocked world leaders, especially um, Boris Johnson's motto, Build Back Better, where she said, Blah, blah, blah. Build back better. Blah, blah, blah. Green economy. Blah, blah, blah. Net zero by 2050. Blah, blah, blah. Now, this is actually quite... I mean, she's cut straight to the point, yeah. doesn't she? So, Millie, what do you think of her statement here? Do you think that it's a fair statement? and What's your opinion on it?
1: Um, the speech was um, felt by many to set the tone for the remainder of the COP conference. Um, as you said, uh, many people said that um, they feel that the governments were failing to make promises that were actually going to you know, not end up falling through. Um, and Greta Thunberg's mocking of world leaders was actually followed by widespread outrage over the method of travel used by national delegations. Um, there was a total of 118 private jets used to transport world leaders and their teams to the summit, um, using 2,356 litres of jet fuel per jet and um, per way. On top of all this, on the second day of the conference, President Biden was seen to be falling asleep during a speech, which kind of further added to the outrage and actual scepticism around the real productivity of the forum. Um, However, What are the positive takeaways, if there are any, from all of this?
0: I mean, it kind of sounds like it's a downward spiral from here, but there are actually some some positive takeaways which have come out of this. And one of these is 190 countries have pledged to reduce coal use and have agreed to strengthen emissions cuttings um, targets for 2030 Um, by the end of next year, which is this year, 2022 now. (laughs) Um, as a part um, of the bid to limit dangerous global warming. And also, as previously mentioned, the US and China have agreed to work together to meet this climate targets. But many people have also noted that the recent news that the US is staging a diplomatic boycott of the Beijing Winter Olympics taking place um, this year in 2022. And the question is, what do you think, Millie? Will this affect their climate deal? and, And how do you think the conference will be remembered in years to come?
1: Personally, I think the um, overall public perception of the conference has been defined by the mass protesting and the widespread dissatisfaction with the commitments that have been made um, this year. And the emerging questions around the uh, pledges will actually be fulfilled. And I think, um, like you said, with the um, boycott of the Winter Olympics, it shows that the US are already unwilling to cooperate with um, China. Um, and the um, influence of pressure groups such as Extinction Rebellion um, have sparked so much media attention, as they've done many times before with their protests in um, big cities like London, um, have really brought the um, kind of dissatisfaction of the public to um, the media's attention.
0: Yeah I mean I completely agree with your statement I do think that these two countries Which are quite commonly known As being huge polluters Mm. um, Coming together On this thing I think it is uh, Sadly I think it is one of these Quite broken promises I think it's a great initiative I think it's such a hope I think it brings a lot of hope I just Mm -hmm. don't think that it will go through Because you know it's commonly known That they both pollute a lot And they use oil and I just don't think that they will be able to do it. I think in years to come, they probably will be able to say, oh, yeah, we did do half of that yeah. promise and kind of move it towards how they want it. But I don't think, sadly, that they will live up to the promise. Yeah. But as you said with Extinction Rebellion, they have actually been holding these mass protests in 2018. And with the help of activists such as Greta Thunberg, they've been able to sort of set out their demands for climate action through these quite informal methods like civil disobedience as well as quite formal methods like Greta Thunberg speaking at large conferences such as the European Parliament, COP24 and other multiple United Nations summits which she has done over these last couple of years. And Extinction Rebellion holds quite a unique place um, in the global politics because they are such a radical pressure group and they are quite an ideological outsider pressure group but they also work with activists again such as Bess Thunberg and Vic Barrett who act as these mouthpieces for the group in a more formal diplomatic setting so they can almost have this quite not informal but also Mm. these very formal which I think is quite good in that sense but as after what's been the most turbulent couple of weeks the 26 COP meeting came to a close and for the first time at a COP conference there was a plan to reduce um, the use of coal, which is hugely responsible for pollution of the climate by such as 40% which is absolutely insane and with this agreement there's been a lot of debate among the countries um, about the actual phrasing of the word and this is actually one of the things that brought a lot of public Mm. interest. A lot of people just started talking about it because the word in the beginning was Used as quote phasing out, but after much controversy among among the countries, the phrase by countries such as India um, and China was worded to um, phasing down um, and this is obviously really interesting as it's countries such as India and China, as I said as China before, they are huge polluters, mm-hmm. so are India. they are absolutely massive countries who use oil who have a lot of factories so it is not a surprise that these are the two countries yeah. <laughs> um, but Millie what do you think of this change of wording do you think that it will have an impact of this wording change
1: I think this wording change has kind of summed up the whole conference it's kind of been quite disappointing there's there seems to be a lack of commitment um, by these countries and I think um, even like Alok Sharma, the president of the conference, was seen to be kind of tearing up over his own disappointment and was apologising to these delegations, especially the smaller delegations. To all uh, delegates, um, I apologise for the way this process has unfolded and I'm deeply sorry. He seems to be really disappointed with the outcome of the conference this year and I think that is kind of reflecting everyone's um, opinion of
0: this year's conference yeah I mean I completely agree I do think that this overall this conference has been as you said Millie a huge disappointment mm. we went into this conference I personally I think just like many other people really optimistic a lot mm. of people in the country's leaders were talking this conference up everyone yeah. went the royal family went Boris Johnson went David Attenborough went it was just seen as this huge Thing where all countries were coming together and everyone was like right this is going to be the year that we mm. are going to change stuff and actually get on the right road and I almost I don't want to say it but it almost felt a bit like a publicity stunt that yeah. everyone came in took their photos and left with this deal that as you said was very disappointing mm-hmm. um, and I do think that after so many years of where these COP meetings have been really influential such as the Paris Agreement in 2015 I think this is a bit we've got to such a climatic point of no return almost moment Mm. that we can't afford to to mess up yeah um so yeah I completely agree with you that it is quite a disappointing Mm. one but
1: let's hope that COP 27 yeah.
0: who will be much
1: better yeah. so Millie is there anything you want to add? I think just so that we're not leaving it on a on a sad note yeah. I think <laughs> we want to be hopeful I think um with the kind of public response to this year's conference being basically just not being satisfied with the commitments made I think it's left a bad taste in everyone's mouth and I think um governments are wanting to kind of strive to make bigger Mm. steps next year so hopefully um it'll turn out um well and um we'll be proved right on that but um yeah hopefully it won't be a year of disappointment for (laughs) for the next
0: conference (laughs) i agree so now they can see almost as you said that now they said right this is what went wrong last time this is what (coughs) we can look at so Mm. that hopefully can be a positive outcome yeah but (coughs) from millie and rebecca thank you so much for listening and have a lovely day